queens. Good evening. I'm gonna hope some men roll up in the room. But we're back with a shake the room in the evening, which we haven't had for I don't I think it's been over a month. So a lot's been going on for me. And um yeah, just took some time out. And I love it. I've appreciated the stop. I've appreciated not being here. I've appreciated being fully present to me so much so that I've got out of the routine of coming on Clubhouse and just serving some tea. So we're back. And this is going to be like a super cool, candid conversation. Um, I've been doing a lot, a lot of healing sessions. I've had a lot of one-to-one clients. And to be honest, um, I lost my granddad just over a month ago. And it has and continues to be a process. A process that um, I feel like you kind of think you're prepared for death. And I think every time it hits, it hits different. Um, I'm experiencing death in the midst of a pandemic and him not being in the same country as me. It's just been a lot. Um, So yeah, I've just been present to how I'm feeling and I'm continuing to stay present to how I'm feeling. And um, I've learned so much. I feel like I feel like life teaches you a lot, right? Every single day of your life. But I feel like death teaches you something different. And um, I'm only like 30 something, right? But I've experienced a lot of death in my life and a lot of close people. And I'm privileged to have known all of my grandparents and to have had relationships with all of my grandparents. And he was the last living one. And so legacy hits different. Um, Healing has hit different. Letting go has hit different. Um, Responsibility has hit different. And all of these words that just keep surfacing in my mind and in my life lately, um, I'm just being with it. I'm just sitting with it. I'm staying present to it. And in this last month, I've done a lot of healing and one-to-one sessions and this word keeps coming up in people's energy like I'll be healing them or talking to them and I'm like whoa there's a lot of protection and when I thought about it I thought this is going to be a dope topic to speak about because actually when we think about taking up space and we think about shaking the room and we think about being present right how protected are you and what does that mean I don't really want to drop the tea on what I found about this word, but I would really love for some of you to come to the stage and tell me what protection means to you. Because one thing that I've learned lately is there's power in protection, but my God, there is pain in protection. And I think that sometimes we lean into the power of protection and we really don't recognize the pain that comes with protection sometimes. And so I feel like it's gonna get real juicy real quick um, just because it's so present right now. And I think that we're taught a lot about protecting, right? Protect yourself, protect your energy, protect your space, protect your kids, protect your family. But are you guys aware of the pain that comes with that level of protection? Are you open to noticing or observing in your lives how any protection has caused you pain? So I don't wanna just drop the tea. I wanna have a conversation. So is there anybody in the audience? There's a lot of y'all, shout out you queens. Um, 
how do you guys feel about protection? How is protection showing up in your life? And are you able to recognize the power in protection or the pain in protection? Don't let me talk to myself. I've been talking to myself, guys. And honestly, um, I've spent a lot of time by myself and losing my grandfather. And there's a certain part of me that's like, yo, who... Do you guys really have friends, like friends that check on you, like real talk? Not just when shit happens, but in the midst of like everything, like just checking, are you good? Or is that a question that people don't really ask anymore because the pandemic has got us so separate? <laughs> Anywho, I'm out here. I've tagged everybody, everybody in the room. I've welcomed you all to the stage. So I'm hoping that someone's going to be bold and someone's going to come up. And just in the meantime, just in case you don't want to, I was actually going to say, be a pussy. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Tanya's back with her raw mouth. She is. Um, if you just don't want to come up. Kirsty's up in the building. What's good, Kirsty? What's good, Cece? Hi. Um, I literally just joined in, but I think I've got the gist of what you were saying. And, um, yeah, I, um, I protected my, myself most of my life. Um not always in the best way and that filters down to my daughter actually how yes. I protect her and it comes down into a form of control oh get um, it but i'm doing better with her but not so much with myself what do you mean you're doing better so, like realizing it like with, with my daughter it seems to be clearer in regards to what i in the way i used to control her which is her movements her actions literally everything i was always on top of her and that was to protect her due to what happened to me as a young girl mm. and i didn't want the same to happen to her but from a conversation where she actually openly said to me mommy you know you you control everything i do you, i literally cannot breathe Dang. and i'm just like wow um i really had to analyze it so when it comes to her now I can see it a lot more clearly when I'm doing it. Mm. But in regards to when I'm protecting myself, like with your question, do friends check on you? Um, are people asking how you're doing? I've been quite silent from a lot of my support groups and friend groups for a little while now. And no, that question isn't coming. And I would like to say people don't care about me or anything like that. But I like to think that I've protected myself so much. I've guarded myself so much. I've been the support to others so much that they don't feel like they need to support me. Come on, sis. Girl. I hear you completely. And the part of that guardedness, the part of that I need to protect myself, I need to protect my space, I need to protect my child, I need to protect my home. There's a lot that pushes people out. So then when you do need people, they don't actually know how to tap in because actually you're supposed to be good. You're going to be good. And maybe your energy scares people. Mental. I love that, though. I appreciate that. Thank you. So um, just to reset the room, we are talking about protection today. Um, I do this room every Wednesday, although I haven't been here for a hot minute. Um, so we're back. And we're talking about protection and we're actually talking about the power of protection and the pain of protection. And I'm just asking a question to everybody. Have you thought about both sides of the fence when it comes to protection? 
Are you aware of the power that comes with protection? Are you aware of the pain that comes with protection? And is that anything that you're experiencing right now? So thank you so much for sharing, Kirsty. Cece, well, go on. Hey. Um, good. I'm good. Really interesting because for me, protection was a big thing, um, especially when it came to my children. Yes, girl. So I made decisions like I'm not getting into relationships, I'm not bringing anybody around my children, and I felt that it was out of protection. That was essentially mm. what I thought I was doing. And um, I was having a conversation with my son the other day, and he said, Mum, you know, do, do you have a boyfriend? Do, do, you, do you have a partner? And I was like, no, no. Like, what are you talking about? And he was like, but why, mummy? Like, there's so much people interested in you. Why don't you have one? And then I was like, oh, my goodness. I'm protecting myself, essentially, mm-hmm. feeling that I'm protecting my kids, but it's gone the opposite way because now I'm not showing them healthy relationships. Mm-hmm. I'm not showing them um, how to be fearless. You know, I'm not showing them that things, sometimes things in life happen. Like, not everything works out how you intend for it to work out, mm-hmm. but you don't give up. You keep going. Amen. Not because that relationship didn't work does that mean that there's there's not a man out there for me. And um, I realised in me feeling that I was protecting myself like like preserving like I felt like no I'm I'm holding on to my goodness actually I'm blocking my blessings come on talk about it to come in I'm not allowing or making space because I've got so much walls up I've got these huge forms of protection which ultimately what am I protecting myself from Come on. Well, we're going to chop. Stay on the stage, sis. Let's chop. So for those of you in the room that don't know, this is my blood sister, same mum, same father. We're real sisters in a real life. And we tend to have um, some of the same perspectives and some completely different. Oh, mama's come to the stage and some completely different perspectives when it comes to life and just anything. Um, so... What I find is very interesting is I think that there are seasons where it's super important that we protect, right? So for instance, if you've just started a new business and you've been blessed with ideas and you're in the birthing season, we spoke about this like before, I think I spoke about this in one of Diona's rooms, when you're like pregnant, I know that in Caribbean culture, we protect that baby and we protect it by not saying that we're pregnant for like the first three months. We hold it to ourselves. We, you know, we're cautious. Well, not cautious. Well, we are cautious of what we do, the environments that we're in, who we're around. Um, I personally tell nobody. It's only me and my partner that I would tell within that period, um, unless it was like my first son where I just knew, like I knew I was pregnant. Um But generally, I keep that to myself, right? Because it's about protecting that baby. And and up until um, the baby goes into like that fourth month, your second trimester, there's so much stuff that could happen, miscarriages, whatever, whatever. And so we tend to do that to protect. And I'm like, yes. But then sometimes, and I've seen this, um, where people will then 
hide their pregnancy, the whole pregnancy sometimes for personal reasons or for whatever reasons. And then when the baby is born, the baby really has like these shy kind of internal way of being and then they grow up like being super internal, super guarded. And it's funny because, you know, if you studied psychology and different things, you'll recognize a lot of things happens from birth. Sometimes people are pregnant. They didn't know they were pregnant at all. They just give birth, the baby comes, same kind of thing. Or it's the complete opposite, right? So my thing is, when we're building a business at first and we're getting all of these ideas or we're starting a new thing, you know, you'll hear people say, you don't go telling everybody. You protect it, you protect it, you protect it. The same that people will do that with their relationships. People will do it with their children. When they're young, you have a different sense of protection to when they're older. But what happens when we overprotect? How does that then spin out into our lives? What happens when we protect something so much that we're not able to let it go? Then we're not able to let it grow. Like, has anybody experienced that? And what does that look like? And mum or Dixie, I know you guys have come up to the stage. So even if you want to answer the question before, that's absolutely fine. Just unmute and chop in. So I was going to say that with this protecting thing, and you're speaking about losing your granddad, my dad, um, I think one of the observations that I'm having during the grief is how my dad protected his his heart. Come on. How he protected his emotion. Mm-hmm. How he always seemed um, in control of everything. So I never saw him ever 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 been vulnerable and the couple of times that I saw him being vulnerable um yeah it was it was a very strange experience and I think it's one of the things in um Claudine's parenting room um when she said that you guys never saw me being vulnerable so sometimes I think out of protection we learn how to be strong because mm. we're protecting our, we're protecting our feelings you know, we're protect, we're guarding our feelings. We're protecting ourselves by okay. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna even show those feelings in that way. Yeah. So I, I, I think for me as a child of my father, the youngest child of my father, I was never sure at, when I was younger if he loved me. And with age, I saw, oh my god, because actually I think I love like my dad. Mm. So I love very um guarded um space when i see people really kissing their children hugging i'm like oh my god i I feel like cardboard when i attempt to do that so you do something that i do and maybe it's a little bit of learned behavior (laughs) where it's like things that are close to me like that i really love that like especially when it comes to people i will push you away I will find a way to push you away. It's not always conscious. And obviously it was it really wasn't more conscious when I just didn't have awareness of who I was, right? So it's almost like children hit a certain age, I pull myself back a bit. Um, people I really love and care about, I wouldn't be physically affectionate. However, I'm always good with words. So I will always tell people verbally how I feel, but physically, mm -mm, I will create a barrier. And especially sometimes when maybe they're going through something, the best way that I can protect both of us 
is by creating a space. And that space comes from, I love you so much that I have to let you go. And people yeah. might not understand it. Yeah, I definitely, because like you're saying, it's not a conscious thought. It's not like, I don't think dad, you know, thought about being that way. I think it was just a way that he learned. Mm. But when the child was, you know, like when you was a very young child, he was very protective. The person who was at the school gate, the person that was there to protect, the person that was there. But as you get older, he would actually keep a healthy distance. And that wasn't showing that, you know, he would show other ways that he cared, like providing and that sort of thing. But in terms of um, contact, he would be very guarded about it. And, and as I got older and I spoke to him, he said that there was a lot of, um, you know, when that generation came, there was a lot of men that, um, what's the word, inappropriate behaviour yeah. with their young children or their family members. And so he was very disciplined in making sure that he kept his distance when it came to, you know, young people's children, you know, girls or boys. Yeah. But full of affection, but just not, not tactile affection. And, you know, and I, and I would say that, you know, me, I'm kind of like known as the mother of the community, but very not tactile. Mm. But still people will feel that they will feel my love coming out, but not necessarily with hugs and kisses and that kind of way. So when you're speaking about protection now, I do see that as, wow, dad was protecting himself because there was a lot of that kind of behavior then. And I saw it as I learned that behavior and it's a way of me protecting myself. And, you know, he taught me something, guys. Um, so my grandmother died like over 20 something years ago. And again, she's not buried here. She's buried in the Caribbean. And I used to go back every summer, but she didn't have a headstone. So one year I was there and I was like, hey, granddad, can you take me to um, to show me? Because, you know, I don't know if any of y'all have seen graveyards in the Caribbean, but they're just all on top of each other. <laughs> so I was like, I kind of know where she is, but I don't exactly know where she is. So please, can you show me? And he was like, no, 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 I, I, I am not going down by that grave. And I was furious. I was livid. I was so emotional and upset because I was like, he's selfish. And I went home and I remember sitting with myself. And the Caribbean always has a way of making me learn something and figure something else about myself. And I was like, oh my God, it's not that he doesn't care, but actually maybe it's just hard for him to visit that graveyard maybe it's hard for him to accept that part of death so he just doesn't choose to go there and my aunt was buried there too his daughter and I just learned something new I was like oh my god he's protecting himself but we could judge that as him being selfish as him being closed as him not caring so this is why I wanted to bring up this conversation as protection as well because I feel that sometimes in relationships and I'm talking intimate relationships I'm talking friendships I'm talking family relationships work relationships people are protecting themselves from something that we know nothing about but we misread that behavior as selfish, as um, not caring, as, you know, not being responsible. And I'm just like, are we willing to open our eyes? Are we willing to open our minds? And are we willing to look at how protection, right, can push people away? How protection can become control, how protection can become like 
allows people to be appear closed off because there comes a level where we protect ourselves initially in the beginning, maybe because of some trauma, maybe because of some abuse, maybe because of some bad experience, right? But at what point do we decide to be like, yo, like Claudine said, yes, she was, wants to protect her children from experiencing certain things that she thought they may have experienced or she doesn't want them to experience due to her decisions in relationships, but actually, through that level of protection, who is she really protecting? And is she missing an opportunity to teach? And is she missing an opportunity to be? And is she missing an opportunity to experience? Because sometimes we're missing the opportunity to experience and it's crazy just because we are so protected and that protection leads to being guarded. Cece, what do you think? Dixie, I'm coming to you, girl. Oops, Cece's not there. No, sorry, I, am. I, I completely agree with that, and I think that's the point that I'm learning now. Um, protection isn't always a good thing. You know, protection isn't always... Um, things, like, you know, keeping bad things out. Sometimes, like I said, we're really keeping great things out. We're, we're not allowing ourselves to fully experience, and that's what I've realised. Mm. Yes, there, there is a form of protection that needs to be in there. Yes, I need to consider my children in any further relationships and stuff like that. But I also need to remember that I am a person that has needs and, you know, to allow myself to have those experiences. So, yeah. I love that. And I also think there's a thin line between protection and boundaries. And I think it's so thin that we can get it twisted. So... It's, I feel like everybody needs to have boundaries, right? You, you need to be able to create boundaries. And one thing I always say about boundaries is it's not to keep anything out, but actually it's to protect what is inside, right? But when we are just doing things like I need to protect, I got hurt, for instance, I was in a relationship, I got hurt. So now I go into every relationship and I'm like, I can't do that because that happened before. I can't allow that to happen because that happened before. I can't. That's not having a boundary, really. Essentially, that is me carrying the pain. That is me not handling the pain. And so a certain level of that now can turn into control. And we know that when things turn into control, we're not in the energy of allowing. We're not in the energy of trusting. And one thing I personally believe about this life is that we've got to trust because there is something greater, right? There is a God who is large and in charge. And if we don't learn trust because we're so protected, we're so guarded, we're so blocked up, we're so closed, how can we really allow this relationship with God? How can we really allow this relationship with life? Or how can we really allow this relationship with others? We can't. Because we're super guarded and super protected. So how do we find the balance? Miss Dixie. Oh, Paris. Okay, go Dixie, and I'll come back to you, Paris. So, sorry, I think these are my signals. I'm walking. Mum um, touched on the point that I was going to bring about protection. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me? We got sorry. you, girl. Yeah, so Mum brought up what I was going to say about protection, where you know I like to be strong. Mm. Um, but the negative side of that is when. Now I've got Nathaniel and others around me, I'm not teaching him to be 
give his emotions or to show his emotions or to open his mouth and talk. Yeah. And then when you were talking about, you know, where you have things going on but you tend to just hold on to them, you don't share. Mm. And I've had those moments, but then I've had to question myself in, where's my faith? Where's my trust? Where's my belief? Not only in God, but where's my belief in me? Mm. So that's why I went with that. And then when you spoke something so much that it has a negative effect it brought me back to the realization that i had about nathaniel maybe last month mm. where i don't allow him or i haven't allowed him to go out with other people because i'm too scared of how he'll be and their reactions mm. and i spent a couple of hours out with my cousins and other kids and i was just like oh my gosh dixie you're actually stunting his growth his development his social like the way he can be socially yeah. and you need to stop that out of your own fear of what others may look at him and see mm. and then say he's just a child and by you doing that you're actually making him worse in your mind you think you're protecting him from other people's opinions but it's not other people's opinions of him you're more i'm more scared of other people's opinions of me i love that so, and it's crazy because you're trying to protect yourself you're trying to protect yourself from something that could potentially not just grow you, but grow him. And we tend to do that so much. Like people are so um, protective of their children coming from a space of what other people might think about their parenting or what other people might think about the child or what other people might think about their circumstances. And it's wild, it's crazy because essentially every experience is, is to grow us, whether good or bad. And so when we're kind of shutting it down, we're shutting ourselves from that growth. We're shutting ourselves from that experience. We're shutting ourselves from actually expanding and becoming more of ourselves because it's through the tough lessons, right? Or it's through those miracle moments that we become more of who we are. But if we restrict them, then essentially we're just staying the same. And that's why it feels like things don't move or it feels like things are not moving because you're on the same cycle of thoughts but energy is always moving but if we keep thinking the same stuff therefore recreating it we keep experiencing it so that's where we've got to create some of the shifts like for real for real miss paris hey hey, hey girl how are you uh, hi everybody um i just thought to come in because i i know that i encountered something from around three years ago that is constantly evolving and it was a time when I was at a personal development training, put myself forward, um, ready to just be vulnerable and I had this NLP um, neuro-linguistic programmer who are like really skilled um, professionals in understanding how the mind works and the behaviours that we do and why do we do what we do and I learned basically then that one of my limiting beliefs was the whole reason my makeup into how I conduct relationships, friendships, why I can come across defensive. And so, you know, um, in, a, in a quick nutshell, I learned that my limiting belief um, was triggered from the day I was born, which meant that there was no, like, there's no prehistory to say, well, before that situation happened, how was I? because my, my, my story really started the day I was born. And that was but my realisation that, well, 
my dad didn't want me around and um, I learned something when I was about nine, ten, unfortunately, through my mom, who absolutely would have has regrets it and apologizes. But she, she had um, after lots of prodding for that was about ten, eleven. I was quite a yeah, I'm a prodding kind of child. You know, I'm gonna bother you until I get what I want to know. And um, I was very happy to be bold and 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 explore my mom's reasons as to why she is single mother and is she even really my mom anyway? She's light skinned she could be mixed race and I'm brown. Like was I? <laughs> Adopted, you know, I was really upset with her, whatever that day. And cut long story short, she got to a point where she said, um, Well, I had to, I, I used to pay your dad to look after you anyway. So I was like, Oh, and my dad was the, the heart of my life. Like, he was, even though he had not done nothing at that point for me to, for ever, to ever be the favorite parent, he was my favorite parent just because, um, I just, I just always thought. I was. I wanted to be a daddy's girl, and I never had been, and I always desired it. You know, when my mum told me that, my mum sometimes had to pay him to look after me. Um, I think from then on, had that understanding meant the way I had every relationship since that age change. And what that was is, um, I have transactional relationships, consciously, unconsciously. Can you still hear me? Say my connection's low. No, no, we can hear you. It's good. Okay. Um, yeah, and so I would have um, like transactional relationships, and what that meant is, um, if I don't think that I can give back to this person, I might withdraw, um, because I think I'm protecting them by not being a barrier about uh, being a burden to that person. Um, and when I think that I'm in a good place, that might be that I've got finances. So if you ask me to go out to dinner, I can buy your meal, or if you just wanna, if I come to your house, I can buy a box of juice and biscuits and it's your house now if i can't do if i can't you know the way i was brought up you don't go to no one's house empty-handed so if you invited me around well, i can't bring anything i'm gonna decline the offer um and so here goes the like protecting myself or protecting them from thinking that they've now got to feed me or really it's really light it's not heavy if that makes sense it's not detrimental things that i'm thinking of but it means that every relationship which then became intimate relationships, you know, boyfriends, um, close friends, is I was saying, unless I could put something into it, then there was no need for this friendship to exist. Um, and if someone has done me a good favour, then I, I owe them. I owe them out of that. I um, love that. Because... I, don't know, I don't know if that makes any, has any sense, but I just wanted to, to share some, yeah. No, it I, does, I, because I mean, obviously... The NLP helps you to tap into things that you're probably not obviously conscious of, which again, a lot of us will do different things and there's loads of different methods and therapies that help you tap into your unconscious, right? And the crazy thing is, obviously, a lot of us would know we're living a lot from our unconscious mind daily, hence why things are happening um, in a way that we don't really quite understand. So it's our duty to learn to tap into that subconscious right and figure it out and then do things consciously to override it um now it's interesting about the point that um paris just brought up because this is the thing a lot of us and that's why i spoke about the birth journey because so much things have been done in the name of protection long before we even knew ourselves 
So some of the things that we're carrying, they're coming way back from the womb, they're coming ancestral, you know, they're coming a long way down the line. And so we're, we're no longer even aware of them. We're just being it, we're just living it, we're just experiencing it. And we're not aware that it's our own stuff, whether good or bad. And so this is why I feel like it's super important to consciously um, sow seeds, right? Um, and so now when we're talking on this topic of protection, I just want to ask those of you who are on stage, what do you think are some good ways? Like, where do you think are some good ways where you can have power in protection or what is useful, useful or what do you personally use to powerfully protect yourselves? Total rush at once. Yes, yeah, <laughs> um, I was trying to be polite. Um, again, you can almost call this protective. I don't want to seem talkative. I don't want to talk too much because, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to bore people. All that sort of stupid um, insecurity, right? Even though you know what you've got to say is useful. Um, and, and so essentially, yeah, learning more about myself and... Um, then being proactive and now deciding, okay. So once I had learned that, basically, I when my my now husband um, engaged with me, it was really important for me to to allow him to love on me, even if I didn't have anything back. Like allow him to be in my life, even if I weren't going to solve anything in his. It was the first time I ever tested myself very proactively, very consciously to be like, you know, um, I I learned I had a thing called hero syndrome. And so that means, you know, whoever comes into my life, I think help them. I don't think that, but my actions show it, and that I'm gonna do all that I need to do to help those that I love, even if it means forsaking my own well-being. So this time round, here's this guy. He's gorgeous, and in my, in my conversations, all I'm trying to find out are, oh, I wonder how I can help him. Has he got issues with his finances? Any issues with his family? Any issues with? And there's no issues, and I'm like, oh, this is interesting. So, Lord, what, what, what's the purpose of this? And he was just like, let him love you. And um, so I just think that's interesting. If, if you're, you know, thinking about what could you do, what are the areas where you're thinking of protecting other people, can you just turn it off like a TV and actually just allow yourself to be the protected one, allow yourself to be the loved one? Um, that's just one thought. I love that. And it's so important. It's really funny because as you talk, I'm just like, these things go off in my head. Like, da -da 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 -da. she'd be so juicy to coach. Oh my God, she'd be so juicy. Because I've got this thing and I get it, right? I, I totally get it. As in, there's names for things, right? So you've got your hero syndrome, you've got, um, there's just like loads of different names for all of these things that we can all discover in ourselves. And depending on what type of therapy, counseling, um, what do you want to call it, coaching, like all of these different stuff, you will start to identify with different parts of yourself. And it's interesting because it brings me back to some of the conversation we were having yesterday in Claudine's room. And it's almost like if we didn't have any of these stuff, and I'm talking about everything, even the word protection, right? If we didn't have any of this stuff, even if we didn't, if even if we weren't able to see ourselves in relation to another person, thing, idea, whatever, how comfortable would we be in just being ourselves and fully accepting who we are? Because I feel that um, one of my big things lately, <laughs> what did you say? Say that again. 
I'm like, none, none, none at all, which is why I'm always just in love with yourself, individuals like you, Raquel. I'm like, I just love that they know how to be them. I'm like, I want to be me. It's just so attractive, which is why I've always gravitated to you. I just wanted to just... Do you know why it's crazy, though? Because it's so funny, because it's like... There's a part of me, and it really comes from, I think, the conversation we had yesterday, and what did your parents teach you, is that there's a part of me, a real strong part of me, that really doesn't know how to do, be anything but myself. So even if I hear something like comparison, I don't get it, because I'm like, I just know I'm not that person, so I'm cool with it. If you get what I mean, I don't want what they have, I don't know the price they paid, I don't know any of that stuff. Like, I, like, so for me personally, there's a level of that which I'm like, bruh, I don't get it. And maybe as well, it comes from having, like, 12 siblings. So you just find your place, right? You just know we're all different. We all get along. I'm an only child out here. Right. And another thing is I find that... <laughs> I find that trait real strong in only children. And it's weird because perspectively you would look from the outside and kind of think well only children should know who they are right because they just got them so they should be good they should have everything and it's not always the case and actually 90 percent of the time it's not always the case so my thing is our circumstances our experiences our morals our beliefs our views everything completely make us who we are right but i always ask this question like who are we without this stuff because imagine if we didn't experience anything or have anything to protect ourselves from. We would just be. We would just trust. We would just love. We would just be open. But we have to have these levels of experiences to teach us something, right? So that we learn. Often, if, we've, if we're meant to learn peace, we're going to experience conflict. If we're meant to learn kindness, we might experience anger. And we kind of get trapped in the experience so we don't shift to the lesson. And then when we talk or we introduce ourselves or we're in circumstances, to somebody like me, what's actually being revealed is the experience, not the lesson. And it's so interesting to hear. You know what, as well, it's just like when um, Carice was talking and now you're talking, Tanya. Mm -hmm. I was just thinking about, I told you that, you know, when I went to the... Um, there that used to be up at a, a local park and I, I encountered on this thing called the rota. Never saw it in my life, went in it, it had a tire in the middle of it and the man said put your leg on the tire. Next thing you know I was stuck on the bloody wall, the worst experience of my life. Now walking Bro, that is something you should have seen before you went on. Can I just tell the young people in the room what that is? You know that fun fair ride that spins around in the circle and you're pinned to the wall? Mm-mm. That's not my portion. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that ride. No. Not knowing what it was about or how it worked or what to expect. I was just free to take the ride and have the experience. Once I went through that once, not only did I make sure that everybody else went through that horrific experience, <laughs> <laughs> she's one of them ones guys <laughs> where she puts her hand in the plug socket gets electrocuted and tells everybody it's a fun game yeah she's that person <laughs> yeah. uh, I I, you know that's how i look at all of these experiences today i saw this picture and i, I haven't i don't remember 
remember taking this picture. I haven't seen this picture, but it's me holding my big sister's hand and I'm looking up in her face and I'm smiling. And I'm sitting in the memory of that picture today, just remembering how much I adored her, loved her. She's no longer here. Um, I don't remember that picture. I don't remember that experience. And I think something about what, when we get into this guarded or protective mode, it's when we've been through something, like you said, a relationship, a bad funfair ride, something that's left us in some kind of trauma. And then we are guarded about that thing again. And sometimes when you can just get over, and this is what Tanya always says to me, I say, oh no, I feel dizzy again, I might go down the road and fall down. Maybe because that's happened once, Tanya's like, mum, does that mean because it's happened once, it's going to happen again? And then I say, okay, it's true, it doesn't mean that it's going to happen again. But it's a way that I've got to talk to myself to be free, to be able to, to kind of go through that thing again, because it doesn't have to be the same. Mm. And sometimes Sometimes I, I would say when you ask what is it, I I I require courage. I require courage and I think in my head I can hear the prayer of serenity. It's like give me the wisdom to know when I don't go through it again and the wisdom to know when it's okay. So would we say it's fair to say that a good level of protection comes from having courage? It comes from having a um, healthy relationship with yourself because then that dictates you how healthy your relations are with everything else. And also maybe it comes from discernment. Yes. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. But how do we get to courage? If somebody's like dead or scared, so I'll give you a little tiny example. I there's half of my garden which is always cut and half of it which is real bad right last year I was so mad I pay someone every year every year I pay someone to come and do my garden because I'm just like I'm sorry but that's just not for me and last year I was so mad so I just went out there and did it me and the children and it was done in like half an hour and I was like I cannot believe I've been spending like 200 pounds on this garden every year I mean I could have had it landscaped it's not landscaped I'm just paying them 200 pounds to cut the grass but in my mind, you know what I've got? The fact that one time this man did cut it when it looks how it looks now and underneath all those hedges, yeah, there was a rat and there was a hedgehog and that I cannot face. So every day I'm at my window looking at it and I'm like, I'm gonna go out there. I'm gonna go out there. And then it rains and I'm like, thank you God, I'm not gonna go out there. <laughs> like the next day I hear someone with their lawnmower and I'm like but they're out there even though it's been wet all right Tanya you're gonna go out there and oh now I haven't gone out there and today I was like well what's the worst thing that's gonna happen and I was like I'm gonna see the hedgehog and I'm gonna have a fit and I was like but you're not gonna die and I was like but I'm gonna see the hedgehog and it was like this battle until I was like girl the last time you did it you didn't see nothing and you were so proud of yourself what feels better that feeling proud of yourself the accomplishment and having got it done you saved money you didn't need anybody you're good or that one piece of scream when you saw the hedgehog and I was like the accomplishment knowing I could do it I'm feeling right but you have to get yourself to that process. Do you see what I mean? And sometimes when I'm just looking in the window and I'm just looking out, out of protection from my heart, okay? <laughs> I'm not going out there. But what I'm trying to say is for people that are just discouraged, so they've never done something to feel that accomplishment, to feel that pride, to feel that joy, how do we get them to courage? 
Because ultimately, courage is just taking the jump. Carly, just before you started to speak, because also what you said about the rat and the hedgehog, you know, with what our parents teach us, my mum would just say to you, Tana, just take a broom and lash the bush. If there's anything in there, it's going to run out. Yeah! No, I don't want to do. That's all you need to do. No. No. Oh girl, you can come. Please come because that will make me feel very supported. <laughs> Do you know what though, Paris? I get to that stage where when I when it's flat, so it's not even like it's amazing, it's beautiful, and then I get all of these lights and I plant stuff, and I'm like, my friends come and see me, and she's like, Tanya, you've been in your garden for three hours. I'm like, girl, do you know the therapy? But that's because if anything's coming, I can see it, and if anything's not there, I can see it. And this is why it makes me laugh because technically, this is what faith is like. But we don't get it. I'm using like the most simple, crazy, <laughs> silly little scenario, yeah? But this is why sometimes we overprotect ourselves because we cannot see what's gonna happen. And so what we think is we need to control it. And the controlling is what's messing us up. And Tanya, what you were saying as well, is the self-talk is really important. And I would just say, honestly, as much as Paris said she's willing to take that long drive, I'm petrified of dogs. And I remember, remember when I had the courage to, to walk Bev's dog? Well, De Bev's dog walked me. But the thing is that because Bev said, come on, I'll be with you, it did make that difference. So sometimes we might need to call out to that, you know, like um, to be a millionaire, you call a friend, you dial a friend. It might be just having that support to get you through that thing. And that's why I started... I agree, and that's why I asked the conversation. Like, when I even when I and when I brought up that point just now about healthy relationships, right? When you're actually in healthy relationships, so even when Paris used the example with her husband, there's you give yourself permission to lean in. And so even if that healthy relationship is with God, even if that healthy relationship is with your friends, family, you know, your partner your protection level drops, right? Because you're giving yourself permission to lean in. You have to practice. That's literally what it is. So right. for me, Tanya, I would have said, if I couldn't make it as an example, right? I might be like, this video for me, I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> but on a serious note, I'd be like, you don't have to accomplish the whole thing. Why don't we just do a little bit? Yeah. And so like what your mum said, you know, walk with somebody or someone who he's really scared of looking after kids and you're like having for one hour or and that there's a little boy in my son's class who has had the like really big difficulties with um with withdrawal he cries at the gate he cries he cries he cries he cries and all now they're in year two i've been asking him to wake up are you coming to the house you come to his birthday and he won't come without his mum so i said to his mum this time why don't you come i'm happy for you to stay a few hours um you can come you bring your son i said and then we'll do it again in the summer holidays and you come and you just stay at the door and then you next time we do it you come and you just drop him at the drive and we'll take him in right and it's, it's just gradual steps because sometimes actually yeah we, we can 
shoot ourselves in the foot and trigger ourselves that we will never go back and try it. But um, just like some people recover from, you know, they've had really bad traumatic relationships, it doesn't mean that they can't have love one day. So that's why you go back to basics. Okay, let me start dating. Well, maybe actually it's not even dating. Can I have a male friend? Yeah. That's where I got to with my husband. It was like, after a year of friendship, I said to him, on a serious level, I thank you for never making an advancement. I can't even walk past my bottom and brushed it with your hand. <laughs> I was like, that means a lot to me. And I'm saying, on a serious note, I was like, it meant a lot that I had a male friend and you ain't tried to brush past me, nothing. And, and then you've had many opportunities, but you've been an integral person. That was not just a test. It wasn't a test. It was also just like, Okay, I can have a male friend. But it solidified you your faith. Friends and always be doing cuckoo, cuckoo, cuckoo. Yeah. And it's exactly, and then it increased. <laughs> and it gave you back the courage and I think it's important because yeah because we think you know what it is I think like I'm one of these go hard go hard right so I would say just jump off the cliff whereas what I like is with what you've offered is "Mm, okay maybe just go look over the cliff now personally I'm not looking because if I look I ain't never jumping so I'm gonna just jump but actually if you can just take a step and another step and another step and another step before you know it you're further away so I feel like that is a really good advice for anybody that feels like they are overprotecting something right now whether that is your business whether that is your dream whether that is your relationship your children yourself right we have to learn to let things go yeah yeah say that again you're a planner you're like a pen and paper write things down build a strategy kind of person that because it's important like you said it really is important to know who you are and I'm also the type of person that I believe knowing who you are can really be learned in knowing who you're not so I'm not afraid to do things that I don't do like so for instance 
in the last year of lockdown, I have got in a good routine. Like discipline has become my friend. And that was not my friend. That was not a word I liked. I didn't like that word. It was not anything I wanted to do. I would do random stuff. That's me. I love it. And now that I've practiced discipline, guys, it's my friend. So um, I've been exercising like every morning for God knows however long now. Um, today, I chose not to exercise because I'm actually like out of my monthly routine at the minute. It's like a week of a break kind of thing. And I said, oh, we're not exercising today, bruh. That's not my portion. I can't afford to not exercise because it makes me angry. So I need to exercise to keep the energy moving in my body, to restart my mind, to make me feel better, believe it or not. When we exercise at 6.30 in the morning, I could be tired as hell. But after that exercise class, I have the most amount of energy and I'm good to go. So I recognize that without me doing that today, I was a bit more sluggish. I was actually very miserable and very angry. And I had to take myself back to sleep to just stop, reset, pause, just stop thinking about everything I was thinking about. But I say that to say, because it's been routine and I haven't broken that routine, I actually didn't really know the benefits of it. But now because I chose to break that routine and I did something different, I'm like, yes, this is how it works. This is why it works. This is why I'll stick to it. And so I always think there's a balance between knowing yourself and doing what you know to be yourself, because yes, you know that's who you are, and trying stuff that are new, because actually there's something, there could be something over there that wasn't your portion before, but now you're at a different place in your life. You're a different person in your life. And so when you pick up that part, you're like, yes, nobody could have told me for years that discipline was going to be my friend because it just wasn't, it didn't work for me. I never could hear God as loud as when I went and did the random stuff. That sounds crazy to people who are strategic and who plan and who write this down. That wasn't my portion, but now I can write a plan and make it happen and live in being random. <laughs> I'm unstoppable, but I have to allow myself to experience two things. And I think sometimes when people are ourselves and we restrict ourselves to just being ourselves, we stop ourselves from learning. We stop ourselves from experiencing. We stop ourselves from applying. So one thing I would always say to people is switch it up. Don't be afraid to switch it up. Um, because there could be something that you could take with that will help you grow. And there's some other stuff that it's like, yo, I really need to let that go. So, yeah, I love those points. Um, go on, Sue. Um, like, what can, we, what can we put in place that's good protection? And for me, boundaries are a great form of protection. Yes. Um, boundaries allow you to actively love people and be actively involved with people. Um, at the same time as loving yourself and, you know, doing it at the, and you know, this is key because I'm, I'm listening to Carice earlier. There are points where we are giving so much to others Come that on. we're taking away from ourselves. Let's go. There are points where we're giving so much to ourselves that we're not actively able to be present for anybody else. And can I just we're say on that point? Out. Well, you know, I've realised that, right? So in all of the coaching and sharing and nah, Tanya showing up, this is why every so often I stop. And I stop because I actually get mad at giving. And not because I don't love giving. It's just, do you know how easy it is to just give? And you know what's crazy? For me, though, it's not really... It's. I don't get drained, but do you know what it is? I get distracted from me. 
So it's easy for me to be on the other end of the call all day, every day. It's easy for me to think somebody's stuck, let me help them. It's easy for me to be like, yo, I can see that person struggling, let me get over to them. Mm, and, and so, right. Simultaneously, this is where we're talking balance, we're talking harmony, we're talking, you know, being givers and actually knowing because, you know, when you are a giver, when you are a person that gives and gives and gives, and you're dealing with people that are takers, they don't know boundaries. So to have those boundaries in place, which is allowing you to pour from a, a full cup and not give when you're empty, I think that boundaries are a great form of protection. And girl, tell them what your favourite one is. What's your favourite boundary? What, no, is a complete sentence. Come on, you just got to say it every opportunity you get. It's my, it's my favourite. <laughs> No, it's a complete sentence. And I was very much that person that felt I needed to explain everything. I needed to give reasons for everything. And you know what? Saying no and just saying no feels so good. Amen. Yeah. Go. And then you know what I would do back in the day? And I was like, oh, let me go Paris, you really had this transactional love. Do you know what's that's amazing? And you know what it is as well? I think that it's also important for us to know that, I don't know about y'all, but you see this giving in me, right? Any time that people give me, I will find a way to give back. And sometimes we've just got to say thank you. And that's it. And that's just it. And that is absolutely mm, just being it. Able to receive, that's, that is yep. somebody amen i love that so she said boundaries is a powerful form of protection my top powerful form of protection has to be prayer all day every day all the time and i think that for people who say again, say again, say again. <laughs> who struggle with prayer i think it's important to know that guess what babes you know every word that you speak is a prayer, right? So when we're talking about protection, how are you protecting yourselves with your mouths? Because we're just out here with loose lips that shink sips and we're not even shink sips, you know, that sink ships. And we're not even aware that our mouths are like blocking some of our blessings, right? So we have to protect all of who we are with the prayers that we're saying, with the words that come out of our mouth, um, with the things and the people that we're attracted into our lives. Um, and so I just think that when I recognized the power of prayer, like seriously, and it as a weapon, I just realized I was a fighter. I'm still am, I'm not gonna lie. I'm a little bit of a fighter. I like to, I don't even like to fight, but that's just my form of protection, fight, fight, fight. 
And so I recognize that instead of physically fighting and fighting with my mouth, because if we get into it, my mouth is, yeah, I'm going to say some stuff. So I recognize, then you know what, T, take that same power and use it in prayer. When things are happening in my family and things aren't moving, I get in my prayer closet and I stay locked in there. I stay in there till people are ringing me like, is everything okay? And I will 100% say yes, because I ain't talking to nobody about it. I'm going straight to the creator and I'm going to let him handle it, like really handle it. Um, Like, honestly, real talk, that has become my biggest form of protection. And I think when you do that, you're not worried. So therefore the lack of trust that's coming from overprotection, right? This control that's coming from overprotection, you don't have any because it's all given to him. It's like real surrender. And I don't believe this God is outside of me, right? I'm fully in in alignment with knowing this God is within me as much as it's outside of me. It's in everybody as much as it's in me. So I just wanna be having conversations with God. I wanna have interactions with God. I wanna have connections with God. So then if it's answered through a conversation, a person, a sign, I'm fully aware, I'm looking for that confirmation. I'm not looking for anything else. So it puts you in a completely different state of faith and it puts you in a completely different state of power. When we are praying and we think, oh, but uh, I prayed before and I didn't get the answer or mm, I can't hear him or my prayers aren't landing, then technically you're looking for the same result. So you've just got to shift your mindset. Another good um, form of protection that I've written, I've wrote. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> <laughs> That's how she be dropping. That's how she be dropping her teeth. Always hot. Always hot. Let's go. Do we need to swallow a little bit? <laughs> Is this recorded? Don't ask me to repeat anything because y'all know I don't know what I said, right? <laughs> Love that. But I'm sorry if you're upset 
And you know why I love that? That's really interesting because as Tanya was speaking before, I was like, oh, one of my best forms of protection is friendship, sisterhood. It is. Come on, speak about it, girl. (laughs) When you have got a circle of sisters, in my case, I've got brothers too, but when you've got a, a circle of people that have got your front, your back, your sides, that are looking out for you, that can see them blind spots, that are holding you accountable to being the best version of you, that when you fall off the sound emitting. Um, and I think that that leads on to one of my next points, because one of my greatest Forms of protection is my tribe and my community. Let me tell y'all, when you get in the right tribes <laughs> and you get in the right communities, you don't even need to do certain things. You don't need to do certain things because your radar changes, right? I think that some of us are overprotective because we're in the wrong spaces and the wrong places and the environment is mashing us up and we don't want to talk about it. And the crazy thing is, we run to places to be protected and we run out being hurt. I know that pain so well. I know that pain so deep, right? But I am so grateful for that pain because if I didn't learn it early, I would still be running places to be protected when I needed to run to God. I needed to run to myself. I needed to recognize who I was and I needed to recognize, let me tell y'all, there's only one real thing that can, that can protect me, yeah? but it comes through different vessels. It comes through different places. It shows up in different spaces. And sometimes when you've been through say trauma or abuse, a lot of women or even men, and I think it's crazy that actually it's happening to a lot more men, we're running to relationships for that protection that technically we should have been given ourselves. That technically we should have been finding internally before we were looking for externally, but you end up looking for externally and then you end up hurt and then you're like, oh, I'm not doing it again. But actually you skipped the lesson of recognizing you was just looking for it outside of you when you needed to find it inside of you. So I think when you come into alignment with knowing who you are, like trusting who you are, believing in who you are, knowing what your God is, your creator is, um, what you believe in, right? And standing solid on those beliefs, your community changes, your tribe changes, your sisterhoods can really be sisterhoods or brotherhoods. I'm the type of female where most of my close friends, close friends are male and I love it. And I love that they're my friends because I learn so much before I get into a relationship. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's what it is. Because we're different, we're different. And um, sometimes it's just our differences that have us in conflict when actually if we learn those differences, if we understand those differences, if we nurture those differences, um, it creates a different possibility. And so whether things, if I've engaged in an intimate relationship and it has worked out or it hasn't, the relationship of our friendship still remains the same, still solid, still know that person will have my back a hundred. Miss Carice? Yeah, I just, I, I, you know, if I was to add to it, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. it's very faint though, but we can hear you, when but it's just faint. Oh. Might be, be have better. you got headphones? That's um, a bit better. Sorry. Yeah, I've got headphones. Yeah. Okay, cool. Sorry, I'm, I'm at football, guys. I could hear it. I was like, I know that sound. That's a footy, mum. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> I knew that sound. <laughs> you said tribe, right? And maybe because I'm an only child, mm. I feel like if there was anything that I could have practiced any better, it would have been to be a better friend to me. And um. so there are some people who are really aware of who they are. But if you're like me, who's still on that journey of discovering who is the authentic you know, Bev, Irene, Daniela, who is that authentic person? If you're on that journey, I think there is something precious about protecting yourself from you and understanding, hmm, what might I do that sabotages me? Mm. <laughs> and, so, and what can I do that does good for me? Um, because even your friends, even your husband, like, for me, my husband, he doesn't even have all the answers. Thank God he has many of the answers, but when he doesn't have all the answers, like Tanya is saying, and I can go to my prayer closet, often God is saying, I need you to look in the mirror and I need you to work on this a little bit, okay? Yep. Uh, okay, you're going to write that down. Actually, no, I've got a book for you. Actually, there's a, there's a video I need you to watch and listen. Why don't you go and put on that Spotify, okay, listen to that playlist. And there was just that piece of, oh, even me, I, I can sabotage myself. And I'll never forget when I... Um, was I had some CBT therapy last year and um, I hadn't been, I hadn't self-harmed in a long, long time and I have not self-harmed, but the sort last year August, well, I got, I got to a dip, very quickly came out of it, but because I acknowledged that I got into that dip and I hadn't experienced it in so long, I thought, whoa, she ain't going to raise her ugly head, let me ask for help. And I was very happy enough to just, she, when she asked me why, I was like, what, I noticed that I wanted to bang my head on the wall. They weren't, I didn't want to bleed, I didn't want to die, but I wanted to bang my head against the wall. Um, and I, I needed to realize that I was raising, there was an ugly head of me that wanted to stay, and I need to not give it power, right? And so, yeah, I just feel learning, um, tribes are amazing, but if your tribe is going to have to change and all of that good stuff, You've got to learn to become your, your friend first and protect yourself from the bits of you that are contaminated and that haven't had this healing and haven't had it changed. Miss Paris, love it. Miss girl, I'm like, I'm like, send her to me, God. God, send her to me. Let me get into that energy. Let me just I'm tap like, in. I love it because. But do you know what? That is so important. And I think, um, I, do you know what? It's crazy. I think just because I'm an advocate of self-love, I always forget to say, it. I feel like everybody knows that's rule number one, go to the mirror, you know? But actually we go to the mirror and we're not even looking. And that's what's crazy. We're not looking in the mirror. We're still looking in life and we're missing the whole story that the mirror is trying to tell us, right? And um, so, yeah, that's very, very important that... And I think the reason why I really brought this topic up is because I've really come to a place of peace in my life. And it's come from just wanting God to protect me and just wanting to have enough discipline in my life that is the greatest form of self-love, right? That I make decisions only from a place of love, only. And I feel like before I got to this place of peace, I was making decisions from fear. 
I was making decisions from fear. I was making decisions from lack. I was making decisions from not feeling good enough. I was making decisions from thinking this is the one that needs to work out because the rest of them failed. And about two years ago, when I was setting my intentions for the year ahead, I sat down and I said, you know what? I ain't doing nothing unless God's in it, nothing. And when I made that single decision, it changed my life. So even now it could be as small as, some of you know, there's been a trial in going to bury my granddad and it's a back and forth, a back and forth, a back. Bro, I said, God, if it's from you, it's coming with confirmation. I've had one form of confirmation, but you know what, God, I need another. And I'm prepared to wait. I'm prepared to sit. I'm prepared to wait until it is loud before I would have just moved. I'm not moving because if this is my father and my father loves me as his daughter and he chooses to protect me at all costs, he already knows my desires of my heart. He already knows the promises that he has for me, bro. He is going to communicate with me. And I feel like we've got to have that same level of love within ourselves. Are we communicating with ourselves from a place of love? Furthermore, are we protecting ourselves from a place of love or are we protecting ourselves from a place of pain? And I feel that after this conversation, when some of you go and ask yourselves, what are you protecting yourself with? It's going to be with pain. And if you're protecting yourself from a place of pain, I'm saying let it go and step into love. And that's going to be a process. But I just know that from having this conversation, it's going to plant seeds in your mind that are then going to help things happen in your life. And that's the power and the protection that we have in our mouths. So my top three things for you to look at if you're protecting yourself from a place of pain is are you guarded? Are you closed? Are you controlling are your relationships unhealthy? And I'm not just talking about external relationships. Is your relationship with yourself unhealthy? Are you addicted to things? Food, pain, drama, not feeling good. Some people are addicted to control. That's not a healthy level of protection. And so if these things are showing up in your life, maybe just ask yourself, what am I protecting myself from? and let your spirit reveal it to you because it just can it absolutely just can that's the powerfulness that we have and when you move into a place of being powerfully protected you can use prayer you can use boundaries I know that some people might use crystals if that's their vibe and that's what they're into but one thing I would say to you guys is it brings you to a place of knowingness and it's not that I know, I know, I know, I know, mm -mm, child. It is like, you know what door to go in, what book to open, what video to watch, what person to speak to. And furthermore, you know what's even better? They just come to you. And you know it's coming. And when it comes, you're like, thank you. Because you're so protected, right? And you're so trusted and you're in such a place of power that nothing isn't coming to you to harm you. And don't get my words confused. Don't make that mean you won't experience conflict. Don't make that mean you won't sometimes feel like you're losing your shit. Don't make that mean that you won't experience pain. But guess what, babes? The lessons are not the same. You just recognize that's all it is, is a lesson. 
you just recognize that's all it is, is an experience. And you choose to grow from it and you choose to grow within it and you choose to allow it to keep you in a place of power, regardless. I think sometimes we have this illusion that oh, life's gonna just run smooth. And I'm like, bro, that's a flat line and that means you're dead. Life is always gonna have its ups and downs. And I like to say life is always gonna happen, but are we protecting ourselves from a place of power or are we protecting ourselves from a place of pain? And I pray that this conversation has just blessed you this evening. It surely has blessed me. And um, I pray that you just keep asking yourself quality questions. You keep um, just being open to whatever life is teaching you, however the lessons come. And some of the lessons are heavy. This lesson with grief and death has been intense. I, 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 to the point where people really ask me, how are you, Tanya? And I say, I'm okay. I don't really say that, bro. I'm like, I'm lit, I'm good, that's me. But when I'm okay, I'm genuinely just observing kindness. Real talk. I'm just observing kindness. I'm just chilling. I'm just grateful. I'm not crazy lit. I'm not crazy on good. I'm just okay. And you know what? It's okay to be okay. Because, you know, the sun's going to come up in the morning. It really is. And I literally mean within the morning, in the morning of something passing, in the morning of you losing something, in the sadness and the sorrow, yo, when you're patient and you're trusting the process, like really, you don't even know how you're gonna be blessed. You don't even know what magic is gonna be revealed to you. So any last words from Cece, Paris, Tina, thank y'all so much for coming to the stage, chopping into the conversation. Anyone in the audience got anything to say? Thank y'all so much for being here, keeping the room alive. Um, just before we go, anybody got any last words? Thank you, Kirsty, as well. I know you came up and contributed and went back down. It was a very good conversation. Um, a lot of thought and um, really good um, perspectives presented. So, like, I loved listening to Paris and I just loved listening to everybody's different um, forms of protection because sometimes what we may see as protection isn't necessarily so it was nice to be able to just say oh I thought that was a boundary but that might have been me protecting myself or that might have been me over protecting my children or you know so it was very it was very good conversation thank you I love that and that's the thing we do definitely um have different perspectives when it becomes when it comes to protection and I really felt uh, inspired to speak on this because like I said in coaching yo it's just coming up so much so much so much and what's crazy for me is sometimes we protect ourselves so much that we're no longer being our true essence we're so guarded so when people meet us they're meeting the protected version of ourselves and and if your ears and your eyes and your heart is tuned in like me I'm like just take it off why are you wearing clothes that don't fit you? Oh, why are you in your mama's clothes? <laughs> why are you wearing your granny's dress? And I'm not talking physically. I'm talking spiritually. I'm talking you're dressed up in their ideas, their views, their opinions. Why are you wearing those, those girls that didn't like you? Why are you dressed in their opinions? And you don't even recognize it. You've called it protection. And I'm like, yo, that outfit doesn't suit you. Take it off. 
And I think sometimes as well, and it's so great, like when I do healing sessions, because people think, oh, I'm going to, oh God, I don't know what to expect. Oh God, oh God, oh God. And they come in with a bag of those layers. I already can see, right, by the grace of God. But I can't speak on or share anything that I can't, if you understand what I'm trying to say. And I'm like, bro, you've just entered into this conversation and you've just robbed yourself of a great experience because you're so guarded. And in, in another sense, it also looks like this in real life, where you're walking into rooms, you're walking into interviews, you're walking into friendships, you're walking into um, just outings, and you're so guarded. Opinions, views, morals, beliefs, past experience, this, that, and you think to yourself, I've got to protect myself. So you're guarding and protecting all of these little, little, tiny, little, deep, dark secrets. And people can see them all over you. People can see them all over you. And you just won't let it go. You just won't let it be. You just won't take it off. And it's just too heavy. And it's robbing you of who you really are. It's taking away the experience of you fully living life because actually in the midst of you wanting to protect it, you're still carrying it. And I'm like, drop that stuff off in the dumpster where it belongs. That's the truth. Miss Paris, I think he was going to say something, girl. Sorry, I was driving and having some tech issues. No, I just wanted to say a huge thank you. Um, ooh, actually, I need a third camera to put on this thing. I spoke with you guys yesterday. That was my second. So I just want to say thank you very much for making it always a safe, beautiful space. It's been a joy listening to you, mummy and sister. Um, yeah, continue to love yourself. But I'm continuing to love myself more and more each day. Um, it's okay to feel the pain. I think that's just the other piece I would just say. It's love okay that. Yes, it is okay to feel the pain. It 100% is. I love that. And I love that you're just coming up to the space and just talking and interacting. And I love it. And that's the spaces that we do try to create, just where we can all just be like, whatever. Judge us if you won't, but what you gonna get is our whole self and nothing but our whole self. Miss Tina, do you have anything to say before we get out of the room? Yes, yeah, I can hear. Let it be, let it be, let it be. Let it be, mm. singing words of wisdom, let it be, and I feel for me I've been carrying so much and tonight I just got some clarity to just let it fucking be, that's how I'm going to say it, excuse my... Yes ma'am, I love that. And I thank you so much for blessing us with your voice and your wisdom and yeah, I think that's a perfect way to wrap it up, let it be guys. Whatever you've been trying to protect, let it be and let the creator do what needs to be done. Thank y'all so much for this conversation. I'm truly blessed for all of you listening, being here, showing up, talking, however you're here, I'm grateful. So go and have a great evening and I'll be back tomorrow morning, 7.30 a.m. with a cup of morning tea to kickstart your day. And then that's me. I'll see y'all next week. Have a blessed evening. Bye.